Well, it's been a long time. A lot has happened. <laughs> From Dwight Howard to Bradley Beal saying he's tired of the situation he's in. From John Wall giving the big F you to Scott Brooks. A lot has changed. But the Wizards seem to be figuring some stuff out. And because of that, well, that's not why we're coming back. But because of that, <laughs> I decided to record with a good friend of mine, Ian Evans. You can find him on Twitter at the real Ian underscore E. What's going on, Ian? Hey, man. What's up, Arthur? How's it going, dude? Not much, man. I mean, you know, Ian and I, we we did Locked On Wizards for a little bit. That's how I met him. Well, that's how like we started working together. Yeah. Um, and we get each other. So... I think it's perfect for Ian to be joining me hopefully from here on out and just just to have more like casual conversation about the Wizards. There's plenty of super rich, you know, super smart people that are doing this for a living. Why not? The way you worded it, super rich, like there's just really wealthy people. <laughs> yep. breaking I mean, the wizards. they're on ESPN. They're and on Fred Katz and all the money he makes. Like you have to pay to listen to them. How? Why not just listen to two dudes talking about the Wizards and you know two loyal fans? Because I think that's what it's about. Candace Buckner recently interviewed some season ticket holders, and a couple of them mentioned how Wizards fans just have a disease and it's like an addiction, which I thought was a perfect, perfect description of being a Wizards fan. It's a perfect opportunity to come back. You heard right. You heard mental instability and you were like, yeah, time yeah. to come back. That is all of Wizards Twitter, every single one of us in the DC family. That is all of us. For some reason, we keep coming back as many times as I said, oh, this is it. Like, I'm not I'm not watching them anymore. I, I still watch them the next yeah. night. So, every yeah. Time so, they push me away, dude. Every time they reel you back in. Yep, they do. They do something like beat a five win Atlanta Hawks team without John Wall. And now everyone's advocating to trade him away which we will get to because there are some pretty big trade rumors out there. And also we're going to talk about, you know, what, what's to make of this wizards team right now. There's yes, there's like a little bit of a win streak going, but at what cost the John wall trade and Ian, let's start off with uh, the stuff we talked about before we started recording. What, what is going on with the wizards? Like what, what, what do you see from your armchair GM position? What is going on? Uh, so it's really similar. And a lot of people, a ton of people have already touched on this even earlier in the season, but earlier in the season, it, it seemed like a hopeful thing when, when anyone would comment on the 2016, 17 season, where the Wizards won 49 games. They went 49 and 33, and they were Kelly Olynyk going Super Saiyan away from playing the Cavaliers led by LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that was like the height of this team. That was the ceiling so far. But in the beginning of the year, almost everyone was like, okay, well, through five games, they've got the same record. Through 10 games, they've got the same record as that 2016 team. But a lot of people were saying, well, it feels different. The energy seems way worse. And the look, here's these stats. Let me read them to you. This is why it's different. But then Rudy Gersten on Twitter, um, he tweeted earlier today, 
comparing the 2016 and 2018 seasons so far, the Wizards' record for both seasons after five games was one and four. There were, the team's record after 10 games for both seasons was two and eight. Their record after 15 games for both season, for both years is five and 10. And now the Washington Wizards this year in 2018, after 25 games, they're 11 and 14, the exact same record they were in 2016. And this was around the time that that massive home game win streak started. And, you know, they were in the power. Ra- Do you remember they were like in the power rankings for CBS Sports and Yahoo Sports? And yep. they were like a top five in every power ranking in the NBA power rankings for like ESPN. Right. Everyone's freaking out. There was a chance where we had odds that we would beat the Cavaliers and go to the finals. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, remember, the, best, remember, the best run we've had. I remember like Matt Moore from formerly from CBS Sports, um, now with the Action Network. But I remember him saying like he almost had he had the number two in the power rankings that year in 2016-17. He almost put them number one ahead of the Warriors because that's how good the Wizards were playing that 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 specific month. So right now, you look at that season, the 1670 season, and you look at this year, and all of a sudden, the Wizards have won nine of their last 14. They've won four games in a row at home, and they've won three games in a row overall. So, like, it's weird, because you could trade a piece, but now it's like, do you? Or do you, or do you just ride it out? <laughs> you know, like, what if... Because then we're not even... We haven't even gotten to... You know, John Wall, a.k.a. the December man, who I have numbers. I have numbers ready for you, Arthur. Get me, I don't know, get I don't me know if you're ready numbers. for these numbers. but No, I'm ready for it. <laughs> He's So he always comes in, especially like last three years. He, he works his ass off in the offseason. You see the workout videos. It's like, oh, it's wolf season. Everyone gets psyched. And then he shows up to camp kind of, overweight and out of shape. Uh, and this is like this is like the last three years in a row. He always ends up playing himself back into shape right around the beginning of December. And so I have pretty much the last three seasons pulled up. Okay. So in 2015, in the month of December, John Wall averaged 27 points per game, six rebounds, 11 assists, a block, about three steals, and he was shooting 55% from the field, 45% from three. In 2016, in December, after a slow start, John Wall, in that month, averaged 23 points per game, 12 assists per game, five rebounds, almost three steals, and two blocks. When you look at players who have ever averaged that over the span of a month, it's only players named Oscar Robinson and Wilt Chamberlain, which it's hard to quantify because, you know, they're just we, – we know who they were playing against, the kind of competition they were playing against, whatever. Plumbers and mailmen. And- yeah, it was like their second <laughs> part-time job. Right. They were all, like, you know, Wilt 7-1, he was dunking over like a five foot nine milkman. <laughs> so – it's December. It just started. Through, it's only been two games that we've seen John Wall in December this month. 
He's got 30 points and nine assists and 18 points and 15 assists. And the Wizards are 2-0 in those games, obviously 3-0 in December so far. The trade talk is weird, man, because it's intriguing. I know you're not high on it. I know a lot of people that aren't. It's intriguing, but it's also like, what if the team, like, what if it's happening again? What if this is happening again, you know? What if the team's going to be really good this year with an easy schedule coming up? Well... So here's here's my thing on it. And when we were talking before we started recording, I was like, let me pull up some stats or like some game logs from 2016 and compare it to 20, 2018, 2019 this year. Um, I pulled up John Wall's numbers from 2016, 2017 and Bradley Beal from this year. And I, I'm thinking with that idea, it's, you know, John obviously has had a pretty crushing start uh, to the season. Uh, like you mentioned, he's definitely turning it around. December is definitely his month, but I feel like Bradley Beal is uh, minutes wise is carrying the Wizards more or at least being being held responsible for more than uh, Wall is at the moment. I don't know if that's injury related, but if we compare the minutes, Bradley Beal is playing more minutes than John Wall this season for whatever reason, when the game's out of hand, Bradley Beal is still out there, but wall doesn't check back in. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on there, but in 2016, 2017, you know, where you mentioned there's correlation in terms of the wizards, uh, record and how, you know, they're exactly the same. John only played in 78 starts. He played 12, 40 plus minute games, 12 for the 78 games that he played this year through 25 games, Bradley Beal has played eight 40 plus minute games. Mm. And that is not sustainable. Like, I don't care if, you know, the, the dumb, Oh, like he just needs to deal with it. He's a man. Like he'll tough it out. Like he has two big brothers that beat his butt when he was younger. That that's not, gonna correlate to success if anything it's gonna lead to beal maybe going back down his injury prone self which what he which is what he was when he first started in the nba but that is what gets me concerned right now because i don't think it's necessary for beal to be playing all those minutes when as we've seen lately thomas sadaransky is more than capable of getting some of those minutes and thankfully, it took Brooks like a year and a half to finally like give Sadoransky the credit he deserves. And he's playing more now. He was a little slow but, to figure that out. Yeah. Right. So by this matter, Troy Brown last night in Atlanta, uh, you, you know, you mentioned you didn't watch the game live, but Troy Brown checked in in the first quarter when the Wizards were, I believe they were up like 10 or so. And once he checked in, like the Wizards just started rolling. Like it was Thomas Bryant, Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, Troy Brown, and Bradley Beal. And they were just, they, that, that was the most energetic, young, potential, like still talent that hasn't reached its peak. That's the most active I've seen the Wizards play this year for six minutes. And then we didn't see him. We didn't see Troy Brown or that lineup again until the game was over and the Wizards had a minute left, up fifteen, when Brooks put uh, Troy Brown and Thomas Bryant back into the game. So I, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. A part of me, the the theory 
the you know conspiracy theory mindset of mine is that they're literally trying to drive Beal out of DC by like you know making him play so many <laughs> minutes him into the ground. No, yeah, because the last five games in December he's played 41, 38, 42, 19, but that was in a twenty five point loss, which I was at in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and in thirty five minutes. And he closed out November playing 49 and 44 minutes. So those are ridiculous minutes, especially when you look at the competition. The 41 point game, the 41 minute game was against Atlanta, a team with five game five wins. The 38 minute game was against the Knicks. The 42 minute game was against Brooklyn. So like all of these games are against teams that you should be throwing out your Thomas Bryant's, your Tom, your Devin Robinsons, your Thomas Bryant's, but it's just not happening. So I, I don't know. This isn't sustainable by any means. Sure, like let's let's ride it out. You know, the the Wizards have a very favorable schedule in December. Uh, we play Cleveland next, and I believe we play Indiana on Monday. Um, which will be a really good measuring stick, you know, assuming the wizards beat Cleveland, they'll go in with a four game winning streak against one of like the up and coming teams with big quotation marks. Um, you know, that apparently J Michael thinks it's a better situation than in DC, but whatever. He's just a hater. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he's working for now, so we'll see, but yeah, I, think, I mean, you know, it's when, if you'd ask Scott Brooks, why are you playing? Why are you playing Brad so much? He just looks at you and goes, oh, I really thought we needed to win this game. And it's and it's like, well, yeah, you, you need to win the games, especially because of the slow start, but you don't need to kill your players, right? You don't need to run them into the ground. It's a it's an 82-game season, and then the playoffs start, and then it's just a grind. But but I, I did see uh, The Athletics, Fred Katz, tweeted out earlier that Scott Brooks, specifically with, with Brad, with Bradley Beal, He's trying to get him rested different ways. So the team hasn't had an actual practice in a little over two weeks. So that you have to like you have to factor stuff like that in. Yeah, he's playing a lot on the court in games, uh, probably too much, but he's getting rest elsewhere, right? Like the daily, the daily grind of being an NBA player, it can be alleviated a little bit if your coach decides to make the practices lighter or make them easier or may- maybe makes them right. not non-existent for a week or two. Uh, I, I also, I remember hearing a quote from Ben Standig that during timeouts, Bradley Beal will be in the huddle and standing up listening to Scott and Scott will say something along the lines of like, Brad, go sit down. I'll make sure you can hear me, but I want you to take a seat. Like he emphasizes it with Brad. Like I need you to sit down, right? So and like there's a cumulative effect there, but with, with all that being said, more rest for your your best slash second best player on the team. It's not like it's a bad thing. Like you could have him, you could have him take off some practices, and you could also not play him 43 minutes in a game against right. a five win team or whatever. It's exactly. not like those are mutually exclusive. And, right. and he's got it's not like Scott like you said he's got options there's guys that can be in the rotation like you can you can throw Troy Brown out there for like even even if it's like four or five minutes like every other night that will help so much in the long term because every minute 
every 40 minute game that you got Brad out there, he, he he's one of the most traveled players in the NBA as far as like on court travel and on court distance that he travels. He's always moving constantly. Yeah. He doesn't really sit there. It's not like, it's not like John wall syndrome where he, he gets a breather. He like tosses the ball to someone gets a breather in the corner for 10 seconds. He's always moving. He's always cutting. He's setting screens. He's, he's cutting back door. It's, it takes its toll and you've kind of gotten lucky. You know, you, you hate to say it because you've seen it with Bradley Beal. You've seen it before him with Steph, like injuries almost totally derailed Bradley Beal's career when he was yep. younger. You've got, you've, he's kind of gotten past that. You don't want to put him in the situation where he could get back to that, you know? So it's a, it's a very Scott Brooks thing. It's, it's at first it was Randy Whitman. And before that, it was Flip, rest in peace, Flip. And now it's now it's Scott. You know, you got they're just running dudes in the ground. I don't know why it's a Wizards thing, where guys just want to play their guys' heavy minutes. Tom Thibodeau, the Wizards should have just hired Thibs, honestly. Like it'd been perfect, right? Just running yeah. into the ground, you know. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's honestly really really unfortunate what's going on. But you did bring up some good points with the no practice and you know all those things. But like you said, there's no reason why they should be even messing with 36 to 37 minutes. Cause Troy Brown is not going to lose you a game if he plays for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, funny he's not that type of rookie. I don't know if you've like, if you've been in the media room at all this year and like, you'll, you'll ask Scott Brooks. So yeah, Brad, Brad played 40 plus minutes again tonight. And he'll, he'll kind of, he's like, he'll always tell you what you want to hear, kind of. Like, right. he, he knows what you want to hear, so he'll say something like, yeah, you know, he really did. He just played way too much tonight. It was, it was you know, not what we want. We got to get his minutes lower. And y- you hear him talking about it, and you're just like, dude, you're the coach. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. need to be this way. <laughs> like, you can make, you can make the choice. It's not like it's out of your hands. Like, you can you can have him playing less. And it's right. so funny because he's, he's just basically saying what we all, what he thinks we want to hear, which is like, yeah, yeah, he's playing way too much. And it's like, yeah, Scott, he's, you're right. <laughs> like maybe you should do something about that and be a little you more. You have proactive. another ball handler on the team that you can play instead. And it's not Austin rivers playing 34 minutes, but yeah, we'll we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, again, I feel like it's going to continue. There's really no signs that it won't continue. Uh, Troy Brown was actually bumped down to the Capital City Go-Go tonight. And uh, I just saw a video uh, posted by Tro- Troy Halliber, at Troy Halliber. And the stadium is completely empty for that go-go game. They need to market that team better. Like Ted, Ted is go. not going to be happy with that. He needs to go <laughs> on that because there's more people that would go. I think I think there's still a lot of people in DC that don't even know that team exists, which uh, is crazy. But yeah, then again, I mean, for the Wizards, that's the team I care about, and those games are still empty. But <laughs> yeah. so you you touched on you know trading John Wall and how I'm really against it. Um, I'm just going to put it out here because otherwise I'd be a hypocrite if I don't. My main issue with any critique, any uh, idea of blowing up the Wizards, any trades, is that the main problem 
has not been fixed, and that is firing Ernie Grunfeld. So the main reason I don't like any trade idea regarding Wall, even if it netted LeBron James or Kevin Durant, since he like hates his entire team in Golden State, mm-hmm. is Ernie Grunfeld is the one that's going to be doing that trade, and that's going to continue the problem. And in this city, nobody gives a crap about the Wizards. Right now, everybody's calling for Bruce Allen's job because of the Reuben Foster situation. And, you know, it's just an awful situation what's going on with the Redskins. But if they had half of that energy for what Ernie has done here for the last, what is it, 16 years or so, Ernie would probably not be with a job. So if you told me right now Ernie's going to get fired tomorrow morning and then on Saturday... We're going to trade John Wall to the Lakers for Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma or Caldwell Pope, whoever is supposed to come over. I would say, okay, fine. You know, that really sucks that we're trading away John Wall. I would say more than half of the fan base would be really happy with it. But fine. Like, there's a direction. Like, those are really intriguing pieces to go with Bradley Beal and Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter. Yeah, but if Ernie's going to stay and do that. I, I I don't know if I can be a fan of this team anymore because it's just things are going to continue. Yeah, because what, what's going to happen? Like once he trades, what if we become a lottery team? I mean, we're kind of not on that pace anymore, but it's not like anything really changed. So it's still going to continue. So that's my main issue with trading John Wall. But I would like to hear your take on the trades you know, whatever you've seen, what you think about it. So, I mean, there's a a few rumors out there. I don't know how true they are. I think the one with the Lakers is probably more, um, I mean, I like it better as a potential trade, and it also seems to have more substance to it with sources actually not referenced per se because you can't really give away your source when you're a journalist, but Bullets Forever's Kevin Broom is fairly, he's fairly plugged in with people uh, around the Wizards organization. And he was the one who basically came out and reported on potentially John Wall going to LA and how LeBron, LeBron and John Wall have the same agent and how they might be trying to work out that deal to add some more star power to a Lakers roster. That's kind of weird. It's really janky. I mean, outside of LeBron and there are three young guys, it's just like JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson. And it's just a weird, it's a weird mishmash of just guys who can't really shoot or do anything effectively on the court. So it's all LeBron so far getting an extra all-star in LA would be good for, I think like when you look at what magic wants to do, he's always trying to bring back showtime and what better way to do that, at least in his, in his mind than have, you know, the fast break being run by John wall with LeBron James as a trailer. Um, that could be a lot of fun to watch. And then, the Wizards reportedly getting back Caldwell Pope, who's like a nice player, but then also two of their choosing of the young three, which you would you would kind of hope they would almost just pick like Ingram and Kuzma because you don't really need Lonzo Ball because Troy Brown Jr. kind of is Lonzo Ball, I think. Even though right. he's kind of yeah. on the bench right now. Um, But here's the thing. The trade... It makes sense, right? In a way, it makes sense for both teams. 
in a way, it doesn't make sense. Like maybe if you're LA, you don't give up on that potential in those young guys. And if you're the Wizards, like we were talking about earlier, you could be hitting that point in December where this team just turns it on and becomes a completely different team. And John Wall becomes a completely different John Wall. So there's there's pros and cons to it. But if Ernie Grunfeld is still the GM, why would you make the trade? Like, why would you let him make any more decisions until, I mean, at least from Ted's perspective, until he shows the ability to tr- for this season to turn around with the players he has, you shouldn't let him make any decisions. Obviously, people like me and you and 90% of Wizards fans would argue that you just shouldn't make, let him make decisions anyway. Like, it doesn't matter how successful right. this season is, just get rid of him. But mm-hmm. the truth is, uh, the truth is, man, I think he's going to be, he'll be the GM of the Wizards long, long after we're all dead. I, re- I really do think that. <laughs> um, I think he's he's immortal. I think he'll be alive forever, and I think he'll 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 be here forever. So we have yeah. that to look forward to. Um, I think I think that, and if I think if you look at it like that, like there's nothing we can do. He's just going to be the the puppet master forever. Um, then maybe you think about maybe you think about getting on the phone with Magic, and I'm sure there are they're they're already talking. And uh, if we're looking at a hypothetical trade and we're assuming that Ernie is going to be here for another 10, 10 decades or whatever the hell it's going to be, then uh, then the Wizards getting back Kuzma and Ingram and putting that together with Bradley Beal and a young Troy Brown Jr. and Thomas Bryant and Sadoransky and Otto Porter in an East that has kind of sucked this year. It's kind of been a lot weaker than I anticipated personally. Um, yeah, you could, you, Vegas, Vegas must know something because even as constructed, they have the Wizards as the fifth best shot to win the East, even after everything. So, but you look at what that team would be, that that LA Laker post-trade version of a Wizards team with those players in a bad East, the Wizards get younger they get under the tax and there's still a ton of potential there. So yeah. it could be interesting. Um, like you also said though, it would suck to trade away a legend um, in John wall. But on the other hand, I, I would, I would love to see what he would do next to LeBron. So it could be cool, mm-hmm. but uh, all in all, yeah. I agree. Like there's no way you shouldn't let Ernie Grunfeld facilitate any kind of deal at all. Right. But it looks like it's going to happen. And I honestly thought maybe things would change when Bradley Beal called out management. I thought, oh, this has to be the last straw, the star of the team. Like one of your two, you know, best players just said Ernie Grunfeld sucks. Yeah. Like he literally said, he, he, I think Ernie, wasn't Ernie in the stands during practice? He pointed at him and said, yeah. it starts at the top. How do you not fire Ernie Grunfeld? Like what, what there's literally nothing that can happen. The wizards at that point already sucked. Dwight Howard isn't going to play. Uh, you know, Jason Smith, Jan Mahimi are still on the team playing minutes and I want to shoot myself <laughs> and we don't have a, 
you know, a reliable backup point guard or shooting guard, you know, yeah. if you plug in Thomas Sadaransky for one of those. Austin Rivers is kind of being forced into being like the backup, but everything's just a mess. And then Bradley Beal calls him out and nothing happens. So what do you think so, about like what do you think about Ted though? Like as far as as far as as an owner, you've seen we've all seen the the passive aggressive like snarky tweets, you know, like yeah, oh, and maybe I'll respond when you get more followers, and then he'll like block someone, and it's like what? Okay, Ted. Like, do you think I, is it possible that he's? It, it sounds out there. It sounds kind of crazy to some people, but because why would you do this as an as a business owner? But do you think Ted is almost keeping Ernie in spite? of all the journalists and the fans who hate him to try and maybe one day be like, I told you so I told you we'd do it with Ernie at the helm. I proved you wrong. Like, is that, is that like his personality? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but he didn't do it with the capitals. You know, he kept Ovechkin. He kept the players. He fired coaches and then he finally fired the GM. And that's what, you know, a lot of people credit the capitals winning for. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the The entire franchise is just so disrespectful. Like Ted doesn't care about the blogs. Ted complains about how nobody goes to Cap One to see the Wizards, but that's probably because he keeps raising prices. I mean, I went to the Wizards Knicks game, and I sat in the one hundred section. You know, maybe fifteenth row, super close in Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world. For like, I want to say for two tickets, it was 160 bucks. 160 bucks for cap one probably gets you front row nosebleed seats or maybe some 200 section behind the basket. Yeah, it'd be like 200 so, and then you wouldn't be able to see anything. Like, yeah. Right. And also it's cap one. Like, sure, they renovated it. It looks better. I will say that. But Madison Square Garden, dude, like... You cannot compare the two. No. The game experience at Madison Square Garden and even in Wells Fargo, which was my second time that I went to this Friday, it completely craps on the DC experience. So, I, like, for the Wizards, I mean, there's really no... Like, why should I go and spend 150 Right now, to see LeBron, it's starting at $125 for a nosebleed yeah. seat. Why would I pay that? when I could probably buy a ticket to LA and go to the Staples Center, which I know will probably be a way better experience for maybe like double the money. Like, I, I don't understand. That's, I think like, that's what the problem. Like, the fans, especially once the team is winning, I feel like the fans in DC, they love basketball. They There's really, there's, so far this year, there's been nothing to root for. I think that's going to change as the Wizards continue to just have a really easy schedule and the team is playing well and they're starting to mesh. John Walls kind of played himself into shape and all the things we kind of mentioned earlier. But I also think the biggest problem with the Wizards for like the last decade, it's the playoff atmosphere has always been pretty good. Like going to a playoff game, especially, you know, if it's like a later game, sometimes it takes a while for the crowd to file in. But when you're in like the fourth quarter of a close game, at a Wizards playoff game, that atmosphere is electrified. Like, it's electric. Like, every time a three goes up, like if, you know, Brad or, or Otto 
puts up a three, everyone's hands go in the air. And then when it goes in, everyone's screaming and freaking out and high-fiving. It's a really good atmosphere. I think the step for Ted should be, what do we have to do to even get half of that kind of atmosphere for a regular season game? Because right now, no one cares. Right. Like No one wants to go see this team play in person during the regular season right now. Even if they go on a tear, I don't want to go. I don't. I love the Wizards. Yeah. You know, I can get I can get a media pass if I need to. Pretty much whenever. I don't. I don't want to go. I'd rather just stay home and watch it on television and listen to Buck and Kara. Like I, I don't want to yep. make the trip to take the metro to see the product that's out there. And even if it improves, it still just makes me angry. And and this isn't a, probably a normal thing for casual fans. It just it sucks that Ernie Grunfeld is still here after after yep. everything and then just after everything and then after Bradley like you said Bradley Beal pointed at him and called him out and then he said something along the lines of I've been dealing with this for seven years and we know we know what he's talking about he's talking about Ernie he's still here he's still here and it doesn't seem like he's going yep. away just thinking about that irks me enough to the point where I don't really want to I don't want to spend my money on a team where part of my money is going to that guy. Yeah, exactly. And I obviously, if the wizards are getting it, I honestly don't think the wizards ha are heading in the right direction. Like Scott Brooks said on one Oh six, seven, the fan a couple of days ago. Um, I just think it's a matter of, you know, they're playing weak teams and they're taking advantage of it. But there is zero excitement. Like if you gave me tickets, I might go, but if it's not like really nice, like 100 level seats, I'm probably not going to go. And for the Rockets game against James Harden, it was like $60 on game time to sit in like the 108 section, which is like really good. And it's against James Harden. Like, you know, you're going to see a show. I didn't want to go. Like, why would I want to go and watch my team get embarrassed by 50? Now, the Wizards won. Chris Paul didn't play, but the Wizards won. Yeah, that was a good game. That was but, an entertaining game. Right. No, I mean, the second half of yeah. it was because I mean, the Wizards were down by a yeah. lot. So it, it's just there's a lot of things that, you know, you can. There's a lot of reasons to be upset as a Wizards fan, but there are some of us that are crazy enough to still be around. And um, I think that's a pretty good wrapping point. Um, do you have any final thoughts, any predictions, any, so anything? I have a prediction for kind of like end of this, end of the season going into the off season. I'm predicting that no trades will happen this year. Nothing changes. They keep the team together. They get it together. Kind of like they did in 16, 17, kind of what we're in the middle of seeing now. They, Make it to the playoffs. They get to, I'll say it. They get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh my God! They get, <laughs> they they lose. But now going into the off season, everyone's value is much higher than if you were looking to trade Wall or someone else on the team. Now the value is at pretty much an all time low. So they 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 show everyone they're still good. They're still talented, and then you fire. Ernie Grunfeld, I hope, probably not, but let's be hopeful. You bring in a new GM. He's got all-stars and really good players that are at an all-time high 
now in value after making an Eastern Conference Finals, and you blow it up. You just blow it up. That's my. That's my. Or you do what the Raptors did. You do what the Raptors did. Fire the coach. Trade away your best player for a top five player, maybe Kevin Durant, Hmm. and then you go into the season as one of the best teams in the East. I'm so jealous of Toronto. That's that's my my last thoughts. Just throwing it out there. I am so incredibly jealous yeah, of Toronto. Toronto's got, God, dude, Drake, Justin Bieber, Celine Dion, and now God. Kawhi Leonard. Kind of crazy. When I, was, when I was sitting in Philadelphia with the Wizards losing by like 40, I was like, DC, why was I born into the DC fan base? Like, obviously right now, because the Eagles just won a Super Bowl, but like the Phillies are really good. The Flyers have been historically good. The Sixers, like Allen Iverson, you know, right now the process, like it's so exciting. It's Philadelphia. And then in DC, we have Wale and we have a Nationals team that chokes every first round of the playoffs. Then we have the Cops now, we have, I guess. Then we have the, the racist football team in a league <laughs> that endorses hitting women. And it's just so like... Funny. Dude, why, 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 why did my life have to be it'll this be, way? It'll be anyway. our turn soon, Arthur. Hopefully, before we're dead. And <laughs> I hope that we are able to record uh, every week as we get closer to that goal of seeing the Wizards win a championship by the time we die. Um, I'd say easily, not easily, because it's n- never guaranteed. But I would say I have maybe. Uh, on the lower end, 50 good years left of life. So I would say hopefully, you know, within 50 years, maybe we sniff a finals or an Eastern Conference finals or, you know, Ernie gets fired or, you know, one way or another. (laughs) He'll be a bot and his brain will be transferred and Ted will still hire him because it's cheaper than anything else. Consciousness into different, (laughs) just different. God. And we'll still be waiting on the Avengers Four trailer, probably during all that. I heard I heard rumors but, about who the villain's going to be in that one. <laughs> okay, we need a we we can't get into Ernie, Avengers talk. It's Ernie Grunfeld. Yeah, yeah, he has all the Infinity Stones, and he but still won't, and he uh, still thank won't you. Be able to make it to the championship. <laughs> right, he'll lose in the second round because of an injury or something, but. Um, Thank you, Ian, for joining me. Uh, I look forward to next week. Well, hopefully we'll be talking about some really big wins because, you know, this weekend we play the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I hope to God we win. But anyways, we take care of business against Cleveland. Monday, we play against the Pacers at Indiana. Wednesday, we finally come home to play the Boston Celtics, which I have that circled on my calendar. And Thursday, we'll be recording. So hopefully we have three really big games, hopefully two and one. I think I would take, I would sign up for two and one right now. If you gave me a pen and pencil or a pen and paper. So thank you very much for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, Ian's going to be working on a really cool intro song for this podcast. We might be rebranding yet again. Cause uh, yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I'm kind of about myself right now. Sense. The wizards are through. The Wizards Extra Crew, the original one, doesn't want to really podcast anymore. So it's just me. Um, So maybe Ian and I can give it some more um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, some more swag. Some oh, more. Man. Really disappointed. That was a really terrible word to use. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Something. I don't know. Whatever. Hopefully, we can transform this podcast into something great. But uh, yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. And go with.